Chapter Two of Halloween at Maryvale by Alice Hale Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The fun begins. At about half past seven o'clock that night, the boys who had been invited to the party began to arrive at the Browns' home, where they were met at the door by a figure in white. It had queer rabbit ears made from tying up the corners of a pillow slip that had been placed over its head. The eyes were holes cut in the slip. The large hall was lighted by many candles set in hallowed-out pumpkins which had queer grinning faces cut in them. "'Wow, but this is spooky,' giggled Fat, at which the other boys laughed. Now the figure in white, which was really Toad, asked the boys to follow him as he led them to Father Brown's study. Here they were met by Chuck, also in white. "'Good evening, Mr. Ghost,' greeted Reddy, bowing low. "'How do?' nodded the ghost, and Chuck could scarcely keep from laughing as he added in a deep voice, "'Put on these slips and hurry up!' pointing to a pile of them on the floor. "'Oh, I know who you are,' laughed Fat, but I won't tell. And he hastened to scramble into a pillow slip, which he twisted around his head until he got the slits for the eyes in the right place. "'My ears are longer than yours are,' boasted Herbie as he danced about. "'All the better to hear you, my dear,' laughed Lynn Smith. As all were ready now, Chuck led the queer-looking party of long-eared figures into the library, where they were met by Father and Mother Brown dressed in black gowns with tall witches' caps on their heads. There was a large black pot hanging in the fireplace, and Mother Brown began to stir something in it with a long iron spoon. Fat walked directly over to the fireplace and peeped into the pot, "'If ghosts had noses,' he sniffed, "'I'd say that smelt awfully good.' Father Brown now went about pinning a number on each boy's back. "'What's that for?' asked Hopi. "'Well, you all look so much alike,' laughed Mr. Brown, "'that I can't tell you apart. "'And, after a pause, there's going to be a prize for this game.' "'That's great,' shouted Herbie. "'Hope I get it.' Chuck now left the room, returning a moment later with a huge pumpkin, which he placed on a chair in the corner. "'Who's number one?' he asked, at the same time lifting high into the air the stem of the pumpkin, which had been cut off close to its base. "'Keep perfectly still,' whispered Chuck, as Hopi came toward them. "'I am,' announced Hopi Smith from his place before the fire, where he had been helping Mother Brown stir the contents of the great black pot.' "'Well, hurry and come over here if you're first, called Toad, "'and I'll turn your slip around so you can't see.' "'Here's the stem,' said Chuck, placing it in Hopi's outstretched hand. "'Father Brown now took Hopi by the shoulders "'and slowly turned him around again and again. "'I believe you've had enough turns to wonder where you are,' he said, "'adding, now see if you can place the stem on the pumpkin.' "'Hopi started off, both hands held out before him.' "'You mustn't feel anything with your hands,' called Herbie. "'It isn't fair.' "'All right,' was the answer, as he walked straight for the corner where Fat was sitting watching the fun. "'Keep perfectly still,' whispered Chuck in Fat's ear as Hopi drew near. Then, as he paused before Fat and placed the stem upon his head, the boys broke into shouts of laughter. "'Keep perfectly still,' whispered Chuck in Fat's ear as Hopi drew near. Then, as he paused before Fat and placed the stem upon his head, the boys broke into shouts of laughter. 
"'Oh, you pumpkin-head!' gasped Reddy. Hopi pulled off his pillow slip and stared in wonder about him. Then he too laughed. "'I was so sure I had it on the pumpkin!' he exclaimed. "'Better be careful, fat,' warned Toad. "'If Mother takes you for a pumpkin, she'll put you in a pie.' Numbers two, three, and four hadn't much better luck, for Herbie stuck the stem on the center table, Chuck on a book stand, and Reddy tried very hard to put it into the pot, but Mother Brown held out her hand just in time to save it from falling in. Lynn's turn came next. Watch me, he said. I'm going to do it. Bet you don't, challenged Reddy. Then Father Brown gave him a few quick turns, and away he started. After taking two or three steps forward, he paused. Then, stretching out his hands, he walked slowly toward the fireplace. When he had reached it, he turned about and faced the room. "'Now I know where I am,' he thought. "'I'll walk right over to the corner by the door.' "'Look,' whispered Chuck to Herbie. "'He knows where he's going, all right.' Each boy held his breath as Lynn drew closer and closer to the chair which held the pumpkin. Then, as his knees struck against the edge of it, he stopped and placed the stem on the top of the pumpkin. "'Good for you, Lynn,' cried Toad. "'I didn't think you could do it.' "'Oh, it was easy,' boasted Lynn. "'The heat of the fire told me where the fireplace was. Then, when I turned and faced the other way, I knew I only had to walk to the left to reach this corner.' "'Here's the prize,' announced Chuck, stepping up to Lynn and handing him a box." "'Hurry up and open it!' cried Hopi. "'We want to see what's in it.' And as the lid came off the box, Lynn exclaimed, "'A baseball! Just what I've been wanting!' And he tossed it up into the air. "'That's as lively as a cricket!' commented Herbie as he caught the ball and bounced it on the floor. End of chapter 2